Hold your Bibles up real high if you would. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have the fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. And as we hear the word today, I know that faith will come because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I'm asking that you prepare our hearts to receive the word that is going to increase the faith that is in our hearts. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person in this room spiritually and that our lives will never ever be the same after having heard the word of truth in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you you may be seated for those of you who are visiting for the month of July I have decided to freelance everybody say freelance Freelance. typically I teach in series but I decided for the month of July to just go with the flow. And so that's what I'm doing for this month. And so today I want to I do a recap because we are a church of faith. That's how our church got started. We got started because of the word of faith. And many times people come from different ministries, from different backgrounds, and they've never heard what faith is and how faith works. And so this morning what I want to do is give everybody a faith checkup. So if you want to put a topic on there, I want you to just put a faith checkup. And uh, checkups are designed really to keep us fit, to keep us healthy. They're needed because they help you make sure that we are spiritually sound. And so today we're going to just look at faith. I want you to find two verses of scripture. I want you to find 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And we're looking at verse 4. And then we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. That was 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And then I want you to find 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12. Our faith, because God's put in everybody who's born again, he's put in us, the Bible says, the measure of faith. And what he did, he did not determine how much faith we got by how much he liked one person over the other. The Bible says he's no respect of person. So what God did, the Bible says he gave us all the measure of faith, which means that we all got the same amount. He didn't give us a measure. He gave us the measure. And the measure that he gave us is designed to help us overcome every situation in our life. There is no situation in your life today that your faith cannot fix. So I want you to turn to First John chapter 5. Are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, I'm going to start reading in verse 4. I love this. This is 
one of my favorite verses. It says, for whatsoever, that should be translated whosoever, for whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, let's stop right there and just, just do an assessment. If you have been born again by God's Spirit, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that now makes you a child of God. And if you are a child of God and you've been born of God, it says that you can overcome the world. But then here's the process, say process. Here's the process. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Read it with me. Even our what? Our faith. So our faith is designed to overcome anything we experience. But most people don't overcome because they don't understand. You can only use something to its highest degree that that you understand. How many have tried to put something together and didn't read the directions? Let me see your hand. Yeah, some of you, I can see it, you know, Christmas, you didn't want to read the instructions to, to put your son's bicycle together, and he had, to, he had to pedal backwards just to make it work, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you have to read the directions, and many times, believers, we have not been properly instructed on how faith works. God has given us faith in order for us to do some things, and there are three things in our lives that God wants to do when you exercise your faith. Number one... He wants us, watch this now, he wants to do something in us. Number two, he wants to do something through us. And then number three, he wants to do something for us. I'm going to say that again. When you use your faith that God has put in your heart, when you learn how to use it, because you have to learn how to use it, you don't just come born again and know, it's just like a baby. When a baby is born, they don't automatically know how to talk. It's something that they have to learn how to do. Well, you have to learn how to exercise your faith. And there are the three things that God wants to do in us or for us that when we do that. Number one, he wants to do something in us. He wants to do something through us. And then he wants to do something for us. There are three things that I want you to remember about God. Number one, that God is available. Say God is available. God is available. You can write down Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that means that God is always available for me to access so that whatever I need done, he can do it. Sometimes we may, we may feel that God is not there, but we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Number two, God is accessible. Number one, God is available. Number two, God is accessible, which means that he's available when we get to him. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So when you need God, the Bible says we can come boldly to him. But the problem is many people can't come boldly because they don't know how to access God through their faith. The Bible says when you ask, let, let him ask of faith. Nothing wavering for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea. And then the Bible says, let not that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. So that says that God can know that I need something. But if I'm not releasing the power that he needs to, for, to bring it to me, then I might not get it. Here's number three. I said God is available. God is accessible. And then number three, what he has for us is attainable. Mark 9, 23 says, all things are possible to him that believe. That, that says that nothing is beyond my reach. Amen. 
So I want you to go to 2 Peter. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter 1. Because the quality of our life in Christ depends on the promises of God that we are able to experience. I'm going to say that again. The quality of our life in Christ is dependent upon the promises of God that we are able to experience. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Are you there? Say, I'm there. I'm in 1 Peter. Let me get to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always, say always, to put you always in remembrance of these things. Watch this now. Though you know them and be established in present truth. Watch this now. You can know something but not do it. You can know something but not understand it. You say, well, how is that, Pastor? Well, you can know that seven times seven is what? But if you don't understand how we derived at that number, you may know the answer. And that's why when we were growing up, the teachers made you do what they call long, what do they call it? They made you work out the problem because, see, you might have cheated and looked at somebody's answer and just wrote 21 or 28. And they want to know, well, how did you come up with that? Because basically what they were saying is, I want to make sure you understand how you got to that that answer. And the promises of God that we experience is determined by our knowledge of God's word. Listen to this now. Our ability to use our faith and then the corresponding actions that we need to obey. Now, I want you to turn quickly to Hebrews chapter 2. That's right before Peter. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Sometimes we must be reminded. Say reminded. We must be reminded of some things because believe it or not, if you do not consistently feed your heart the word of God, you'll remember but not do. In Hebrews chapter 2, look in verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. Watch this. To the things which we have what? Heard. Why? Lest at any time we should what? We should let them slip. Which means that we can hear something and we can let it slip. The word slip there means to go past or to flow past. It's almost like an exit. How many of you have been on an important uh, interview or something and uh, you were driving and you missed your exit? Man, man, that is, listen, missing your exit can frustrate you. There are three things to me that happens when you lose your way or when you miss your exit. Number one, you lose your promptness. In other words, you're now not on time for the appointment that you had. Number two, you lose the opportunity or you lose the prosperity that may be in that opportunity because your first impression is your lasting impression. And then the last thing that happens is you lose your peace. You ever miss your ex and now you're just worrying. Oh, what are they going to think? Oh, what am I going to do? I don't know. See, because that's what happens. And that's what happens to me with believers. When we let the word slip, then the prosperity in that word we miss. The peace that that word brings we miss. And so we can know the Bible but not necessarily be exercising the Bible. Until we fully believe that God's word and the exercising of our faith will solve all of our problems in life, we will live what I call an average life. 
Go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans 3. Faith will work if we work it. I said faith will work if we work it. Just like your car will work if you, if you work it. You know, it's really, it's, 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 it's unreasonable for me to think that my car is going to start itself, warm up or cool off, and automatically drive me to work. How many know that's unreasonable? Now, they do have cars now that you can start with a remote and all that, but it's still not going to drive itself. Well, sometimes we have to understand that our faith is what is supposed to drive us to our destination. In Romans chapter 3, verse 27, listen, listen to what it says. It says, where is boasting then? Is it, it is excluded by what law? Of works? No. Read it with me. But by the law of what? But by the law of what? Everybody say faith is a law. Faith is a law. And there are two main things that you need to know about faith. Number one, that it's a law and a law works all the time. Listen, if you move to California, how many in here are from California? Let me see your hand. All right. Let me ask you a question. Did gravity work over there? Yes. Now, since you've moved to Texas, does gravity work here? Yes, you know why? Because gravity is a law. It's a principle. And faith is a law. It's a principle. And it will work if you know how to work it. And l- l- let me put it like this. Your faith is almost is just like a screwdriver. Anytime a bolt or a nut gets loose, all you got to do is go get your screwdriver and tighten it up. When something is not working in your life, all you have to do is learn how to take your faith out and tighten it up. So faith is a law. Number two, the thing you need to know about faith is that faith is like the law of lift. Everybody say the law of lift. See, the law of lift says that anything that is aerodynamically shaped, as long as it develops the right amount of speed, it is going to fly. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a bird, whether it's an airplane, whatever it is. In other words, it can, it can happen or work every single time as long as we activate it. Go to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to give y'all some scripture this morning because some of you all are spiritually, scripturally bankrupt. I'm going to give you some. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Faith is a lifestyle, not a life jacket. Faith is a lifestyle, not a life jacket. Now, there's a difference between the two. A lifestyle is something that I believe and is so intricately in me that it's just a part of what I do. It's like my skin. I wear it. It's on me. I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, uh, but, but if you look at faith like a life jacket, then, you know, you're only going to use it when you're drowning. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look in verse 7. It says, for we walk by what? Faith. We walk by faith and we do not walk by what? Which says that anytime I'm considering the facts, I am walking by sight. Anytime I'm building a resume of the obstacles, instead of looking at the promise that God has made to me, then I'm walking by sight and not by faith. And the only way for your faith to work, you got to stop looking at the facts. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Go to Galatians 3. Yeah, I'm turning. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to learn your Bible anyway. 
Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Sometimes we allow things that have happened to us, around us, or to us, to hurt us, whatever it is, we've allowed those things to cause us to stop believing. You know, that happened to the, to, to the, uh, the people of Galatians in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Somebody had crept in and started telling them something that didn't even agree with the word. And that's what happens sometimes. We allow things to happen to us. We allow negative situations that have happened maybe to us or around us. And we cause it to start eroding our faith. And see, here's, I want you to write this down. You cannot grow without letting things go. I know your last pastor was, was a crooked pastor. And he might have been stealing the money or, or cheating on his wife. And, and, and. And, and that may be true, but that's not me. Everybody say, that ain't right. I, I, I know maybe that your ex-husband or your boyfriend, you know, cheated and he's gone or she's gone about her way and they took your money with you, with them. Everybody say, that ain't right either. That ain't right. That ain't right. But, but you can't let that contaminate your heart because let me tell you this, your faith works from the heart. The scripture says, for with the heart man believes. So if my believing takes place in my heart and my heart gets contaminated from my past experiences, my faith is not going to work even though the situation requires that I need it to work. And so we're sitting up here sometimes and we're crying to God and God is saying, just clean your heart up a little bit because your heart is where you believe. And sometimes, we see, it ain't sin sometimes that's contaminating our heart. It's hurt. See, the scripture says, you know, it says, lay aside those things with the weights and sins that so easily beset you. It's not just sin sometimes that's weighing us down. It's weights. But when you see that your faith is more valuable than that negative experience you went through, you will let that go quick. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. In order to live life at the faith level, we must shift our mindsets from being natural people to supernatural people. See, I am a spirit. I have a soul, I live in a body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. God made you spirit first. And that's the part that's like him. And once you start zoning in on the spirit part of you, you'll start walking like a person who is, watch this, spiritually minded. My wife, you know, she was at the, this was years ago, she went to the grocery store. Y'all heard the story before. And, uh, you know, at that time, we had a limited budget on grocery. So because she said very limited. Well, because I, you know, we wanted to make sure she stayed in budget. I gave her the cash in an envelope. Yeah. So that way we don't have to worry about Mr. and Mrs. Check card. You're going to go in the, uh, and you got, you, you can count how much you got in there. That's how much you got. That's how much you're going to spend. And so I think it was a holiday time or something. And she started loading her basket with all kinds of stuff. She put the food, so she put the meat in first. She had a meat basket and then she had all the other stuff. And old girl is putting this stuff in there knowing she ain't got the money. But then she praying, Lord, please help me when I get to the grocery store line. 
Please help me. I just believe I receive. I thank you for your increase. She's doing that, right? And I'm going to show you at the end that there are, there are ways to know if you're in faith or not. So she gets there to the counter, and long story short, they, they, they had rung up all the meat, and then the lady had an emergency, and the manager said, hey, I need you to go to a different aisle, and I'll finish checking out. Well, they had to, you know, you have to actually check out and, and make sure that they know who's using that register. So they, the other girl had to log out, and then the manager had to log in. And when she did that, it, it, it made her have to uh, re-ring all the stuff. So the manager was like, I'm not ringing up all this. She had rung up all the meat. She said, ma'am, Merry Christmas from Walmart. Everybody say, your faith will work if you will work it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, now faith is. It didn't say now faith was. If you are talking past tense, you're not in faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things what? Notice, that's why the devil tries to kill your hope. Because if he kills your hope, he kills your faith. Because it takes your hope for your faith to work. It says, for now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice verse 3, it says, through faith we what? Through faith we understand, not through logic, not through reasoning, not through examining the facts. That's not how you know faith works. You know faith works because God's word is true. And so what we have to learn how to do when we go through life, you have to learn how to respond properly. Now I'm going to show you how to simply use your faith. Everybody write down A and then B, you don't have to say it, you can, well, you can say it if you want to. I want you to write down the letter A, and then I want you to write down the letter B, and then I want you to write down the letter C. We must prioritize our faith as our first response, not calling mama. See, some of you all, when something happens to you, the first thing you think about is what you don't have. When the first thing you ought to think about is the faith that's on the inside of you. The Bible says that with your faith, you are more than a conqueror. You never enter a situation in the negative. You always enter it, watch this, as an overcomer, as long as you're using your faith. You must learn to practice the fundamentals of faith for your faith to work. Here's an example. If I was a basketball player, the only way for me to get to the Michael Jordan level, I have to learn the fundamentals. In other words, I can be the greatest shooter in the world. But if I haven't learned how to dribble that basketball, I am not going to be a good player. In other words, some of the fundamentals of basketball, first you got to learn the rules. Then you have to learn how to dribble. You have to learn how to shoot. You have to learn how to defend. Whatever the fundamentals are. Well, you have to learn the fundamentals of faith. And here's the first one. Go to John 16. Go to John 16. Here's the first fundamental. Is that we got to ask. That's what your A stands for. Put ask on there. See, some of us, we're expecting God to do something for us, and we ain't ask him nothing. We think we ask, but we were actually worrying. You know, some of you all think you're praying, you're actually worrying. Lord, how am I going to do this? That's not a prayer. You're just getting counseling right there. That's not prayer. Prayer is asking. John 16, here's number one. You got to ask. In, in verse 23, it says this. And in the day, 
you shall ask me nothing. This is Jesus talking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall what? Ask who? The Father how? Did you see the what, the who, and the how? Did you see that? He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, what's going to happen? He will what? He will give it to you. So the first thing for me to know I'm operating in faith, I have to first ask. And that's what most people don't do. They don't ask. Now, let me tell you, let me, let me help you because people say, well, I asked God for a Ferrari. And I didn't get it. Well, you haven't even believed in for a Volkswagen yet. You know, I was, I was counseling. Uh, I wasn't counseling, but I was talking to uh, a person. They, they used to be a member of our church. They moved out of state. And uh, they had an accident and totaled their car. And it was a Mercedes. Now, at the time they got the Mercedes, they were married. Now, at that time, they were divorced. And so they came in, and, they, and so they were like, uh, they were looking for another car. And uh, they were calling for some wisdom and some help. Okay? And I don't have a problem with that. But here's the thing I said. I said, okay, so uh, what kind of car do you want to get? They said, uh, a BMW. I said, time out. <laughs> the insurance lapsed on your Mercedes. So if you can't afford the insurance... On your Mercedes, you're not going to be able to afford the payment on a BMW. I say, so what's your second choice? An Audi. <laughs> we ain't got the lesson yet. I had to go back over it again. I said, hold on. Unless you buy a brand new Audi, if it breaks, you're going to have problems fixing it. You can't afford an Audi right now. What's your third choice? Then they gave me the third choice. It wasn't right either. So I said, okay, let me help you. You need a Honda. You need something affordable that's going to last so that you can get, you know, at least drive a used car, but it's a used good car. Everybody say ass. And so, you know, finally they took my advice and, and, and it worked out for them. But sometimes we're asking God something beyond our faith level. Just start where you are. Listen, I started believing God for headaches first, you know. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this headache in Jesus' name. And then, you know, you went from headaches to now, you know, healing, you know, something else. And, and now I can pray for people and they get healed on the spot just like that. But I had to start somewhere. I had to start with a, with a Nova that looked like a Rubik's Cube. Y'all know what a Nova is? A Chevy Nova. They don't even make them no more. But that's what I had. I had to move from that. I had to move up. I didn't just move from a Nova to a Mercedes. So we have to make sure that we're asking, watch this now, in faith. If you're asking God for something that's beyond your faith, you're not asking in faith. Number two. What time is it? Hot dog, I got to stop. It's 10.33. Okay, let's go. Praise the Lord. Huh? Okay, let me just tell you. B is believing. And C is confessing. 
Now, I'll end with this. Because I, I, you know, I started late, so that's why. Because my clock is only 25 minutes on my clock now. Listen to this. If you are complaining, you're not in faith. Let me, let me say this. Complaining is the devil's confession. Complaining is, watch this, magnifying the devil and his power. See, when you confess, watch this now, the same thing you did to get saved is what you got to keep doing for God to bring you out of the mess. It says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you confess, listen, every time I pass, I land. And even, you know, if I'm not passing, I have a standard confession. Heaven already knows that she just points her hand toward the window when I'm riding by. Father, I thank you that our land and our project is paid in full. We have more than enough to furnish it, and we will have some left over. I mean, I said. So here's my question. This is how you can know if you're in faith or not, by listening to what you say. If you're not confessing over the word, if you're not using, then you're not in faith. You say, well, Pastor, I need some money. You don't need money. You need to use your faith. Because faith can bring you the money. Start confessing, Father, I th- who in here need a car? Let me see. Okay, watch this. Father, I thank you that I, first you got to ask him because you can't confess. Oh, oh, I got, a, I got a testimony right now. One of our members was married at the time. Now they're not. Single mom now. And uh, guess what? They need a new car, but their credit was bad. Credit was messed up and and uh, didn't have the down payment for the money, even if they did have the credit. So they went to the dealership, and the lease was getting ready to be up on their vehicle. So uh, they went to the vehicle, because remember, faith without is, and they began to confess, Father, I thank you for my new car. I mean, they just started talking, just started confessing it. Well, they got there and looked at the car and didn't see what they liked. And so finally, they, she told the salesman what she wanted. And though, so the salesman called her one day and said, listen, I, I got the car you want. I got the car where you want. Just come up here and check it out. She said, well, I know, but right now I don't have no down payment or whatever. She said, well, come on up here to see. And so she saw it and she said, that was the car. She knew that was the car. Well, she needed $500 to put down on the car to get the car. First hurdle. She gets a call from the salesperson. Hey, I'll let you have the $500. I got a bonus that I didn't know I was going to get. So I'll let you have that bonus money and then you can pay it back when you can. The salesperson who's selling you the car gave you the $500 for you to buy it? Then got in the finance office and the finance man is saying, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Got a good interest rate on the car. Listen to this now. And the note on the car is lower than the last car she had. <laughs> See, God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You just got to start asking and you just got to start thinking and you got to start confessing. Okay, I'm out of time. Come on, get a Lord a hand clap if you would. You may be here today and you've never...